This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome to the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Deborah Yao, a senior editor at Knowledge at Wharton. With me here today is Wharton professor Gilles Duranton. He's here to talk about his paper, Mobility and Congestion in Urban India. Welcome, Professor. Thank you. Tell us about your paper. Why are you interested in studying congestion, and in particular in India? So we live in a world where in India you have about four to 500 million people living in cities. We know incredibly little about those guys. Uh, they're on their way to be maybe 800 million of them in 20 years. And there's this broad perception in the, general, in the general press, but also in policy circles, that there's something uniquely dysfunctional about cities in India, about cities in Africa in particular. You know, this is about slums, but this is also about mobility that is supposedly increasingly congested, incredi- will incredibly slow. So we wanted to take a look and develop some ideas and actually establish some facts in an area where we know practically nothing. So one of the biggest challenges your team faced was actually in the gathering of data. Can you tell me how did you go about measuring mobility and congestion in that country? So we had to be imaginative because in which countries the way we've done it for many, many years was uh, is to organize a transportation survey, which in the U.S. is taking place every five to seven years. And those transportation surveys typically cost tens of millions of dollars. Uh, we cannot do that in India. So what we decided to do was to rely on modern technologies and use information available from Google Maps. So Google Maps is basically reporting for the whole of India and for the whole of urban India, real-time travel time. So if we ask for uh, how long will it take me if I leave this location in Mumbai to go to that other location in Mumbai, it will give us a distance and it will give us and it will give us well a travel time. So we're using that sort of information. Then this information is complicated to use for several reasons. First, we need to know how reliable this is. And, okay, our first line of defense is that there's one billion well-satisfied users of Google Maps throughout the world. That's the most well-popular app in, well, in the entire world. But beyond that, we actually did quite a lot of work to check the accuracy of the information from Google Maps, confronting that data, for instance, with alternative sources of data coming from Uber movement about travel times for Uber drivers in four cities of India, and then also doing all sorts of pretty subtle tests where we check that indeed on particular days when there's a strike, traffic may be slower or faster, well, depending on the nature of what's happening on that particular day in that particular city. It generally worked out really, really well. So we're confident that this is high-quality data. It's telling us indeed about, well, travel times between places. We want to inquire well about what sort of trips we want to ask about. So we had to develop a new approach to say, okay, we will be building trips that are kind of trips, people living in the periphery, moving towards the center in the morning, coming back in the evening, trips where people actually move around with the city in a gravity-like pattern because that's been observed, that's been, that's been well observed in other cities, trips where people actually go to particular well destinations reflecting the sort of destinations that people go to in other places where we have this information, and so on and so forth, and then find ways to aggregate well that information into indices for entire cities and then compare that. 
across cities. That sounds like a gargantuan task. Um, so how many trips did you measure overall and how many city Indian cities did you look at and, uh, and what's the time frame of uh, the gathering of the data? So we did that. We've been doing that for about two years. Uh, our main data collection was in the fall of two years ago and we collected about 20 million observations, so trips that, so we had about 2 million trips in 154 cities, all large cities of India, and we basically queried each trip about 10 times at different times of the day on different days. And I think in your paper you also mentioned four types of trips in there. Uh, can you get into that and explain that a little bit? So those four types of trips, again, are trips where you pick up a location in the periphery where there's actually stuff that is built up. Uh, so we use with satellite real imagery to define our cities. And we go towards the center. So that reflects traditional well commuting well patterns as we observe them still in many, many cities of the world. We also asked or imaginary drivers to move around with the city, literally around the city, using arcs of 20 degrees, just to check whether or not we would get the same sort of answer about mobilities, depending on, on those types of trips. We also asked to go to particular well destinations. And finally, we used a gravity-type well approach where we distribute trips in a gravity-type pattern, like we also observe in other cities, and try to replicate that for India. So after doing all that, what did you find out? What are your paper's key takeaways? So there's a number of things that we found that were not very surprising, but nonetheless, which we could well quantify. For instance, we now know that for sure longer trips, uh, trips with, with a greater distance tend to be faster, just because typically the first mile of a trip is very slow. You're using local roads before jumping into a principal arterial or a more important road. And the very last leg of a trip is also typically using very local roads and again and again uh, and again slow. So we find that longer trips are faster. Uh, so in Google, it's with a trip that 10% longer will be about 2% faster. Then we also find that, not too surprisingly, but trips that are further away from the center tend to be faster. Then in terms of big picture across cities, what we find is travel, urban travel in India is very, very slow. Uh, when we look at India, the fastest place in India is slower than the slowest place in America, which is the center wheel of Chicago. You can take the, if you disagree, well, you can take the center wheel of Miami and you will still get the same answer. So in, at the same time, in India, you also have very large wheel differences. So the best places will be very slow, but the worst places will be incredibly slow uh, by a factor of two relative to the best places. So that's, uh, that's, that's a surprising well finding because in America, when we compare the fastest and slowest cities, we find a, we find a gap of about 30%, not one to two. Then what was also surprising to us, and maybe one of our key findings, is that things are generally slow everywhere, all the time. It's not about 
congestion at some particular times of the day. We do observe that, but we mostly observe that in five to ten cities close to their center. So this is a bias that everybody like me and uh, people from international institutions and funding agencies tend to have because these are the places we go to India. Whenever we go to India, we tend to go to the center of Delhi, to the center of Mumbai, the center of Bangalore. So yes, those places are highly congested. But and they, but they are more the exception rather than the rule. I fully acknowledge that they are important exceptions, but nonetheless, most of India is just very slow at all times, and they are very slow because the roads are of really really bad well quality. They're full of potholes, and the other thing that we think is happening is that the roadway is being encroached by all sorts of users, ranging from children playing, adults hanging out after work. It's really hot in India. Most people don't have air conditioning, so they hang out outside. Uh, in really poor places, it's also animals that are resting and all those things, street sellers, people parking, all sorts of things in all sorts of locations where they're not supposed to. So the road is being encroached. At the same time, Keeping the road only for motorized vehicles is raising all sorts of fairness and public goodwill questions because who does the road well belong to? Uh, in some places, yes, there's an equilibrium where it's only cars and motorized vehicles will using them. But in poor places, you know, there's a case well to be made for a mixed use well of the road. Uh, here, I'm not pronouncing, I'm not making any well judgment well about that. But whenever you have multiple users, things get really slow. Is that what you mean when you uh, when you wrote uh, uh, uncongested mobility in your paper? Yes, uncongested mobility is the, is even when there's no one traveling or barely anyone traveling at really odd hours, you're still really really slow. Were there any other findings that surprised you? Maybe almost or more or most interesting and surprising finding is this notion that. The very slowest places in India are either the really richest parts or the very poorest parts, and things are slightly better for places in between. What seems to be happening is that when you're really, really poor, you're very, very slow because your roads are of horrible quality. Then cities that are slightly richer, they tend to improve while the roadway and mobility gets better. But then they start having more vehicles and they become at the very end more congested. So we have this evolution as Indian cities get richer, they improve their mobility, things get better before well, they get worse again. Yeah, that is indeed surprising. Uh, so what are some practical implications or even policy implications of your results? So this is really big picture type of funding where indeed, for instance, in India, there may not be too much, uh, well, too much point really worrying about road pricing and taxing well congestion. I mean, this is something that is clearly in the debate these days in America. New York is going to do it. Other large American cities are thinking well about it. For India, it may not be a priority. The priority may be actually trying to improve the state of the roadway, making sure that actually things can actually move and trying well to find well a solution well to the problem that the public space well the roadway is actually claimed by many many users and it's important that people that people should be able well to move with transit and motorized vehicles but it's also well important that people are able well to use well the public space so there's a whole set of issues here that policymakers have to think about and I think what our research does and our finding bring forward is really we need to think well about that we need well to focus on those issues and 
maybe where congestion is not that important. It's affecting some really important places, but this is a really punctual problem. The main problem in India is lack of mobility. You alluded to this a little bit earlier, but can you tell me more about what sets your research work apart from others in this same area? So what sets us apart is really the use of novel data that did not exist until quite recently. I mean, Google Maps and real-time and travel time uh, is from whatever, three, four, five years ago, and in some parts uh, and in some parts of the world, this is still an ongoing project. So here, what, what I think this research is part of is this big movement of using more data, more original data, what some people call big data, where we actually extract information from moving sensors. In the case of Google Maps, this is moving cell phones mostly with a GPS, with the information being actually being processed by Google Maps and then us retrieving all this information and then using it, analyzing it. But there's also a lot of work that's happening at the moment, a lot of new work that's happening at the moment that's really interesting, where people actually use high-resolution well, satellite well, imagery. And we are now well developing some ways to actually interpret with the information, be able to read with pictures without without a human being actually when looking at every single picture and describing it, which is incredibly time consuming. So this research is part of that. And I think this is uh, maybe we're entering with some sort of golden age for that sort of research. So what's the next step for your research? So narrowly speaking here, what we want to do is we, we want to both zoom in and zoom out. So zooming in, that means looking at actually trying to estimate the social cost of congestion, how much, what would be well, the optimal road pricing in one particular place. So I'm doing that for the city well of Bogota, which is generally well acknowledged to be a really congested place. Uh, and also zooming out, which means with less precision than in India, but look at... 1,500 cities all over the world for which real-time and travel time from Google Maps is available and try to do, instead of looking at one big country, look at many, many countries and try to do some cross-country work where we're going to compare very poor places like India, uh, parts of Africa where this is available as well, to mid-level world countries like in Latin America, some parts of Asia, to highly developed world countries, the US, Europe and Japan. We'll have to stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. You can find more insights from Knowledge Warden on our website, knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find all of our podcasts on iTunes. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.